today we have Sam Isola to kick off the new year. For those who listened to last week's episode in 2020 fashion, thought that there was one more week left in 2020. But of course, that was just not accurate. So, Sam Isola really enjoyed getting into his story and how he went from California to her sinus and goes into not graduating college and that journey. Really enjoyed catching up. It's fun when you get to have former teammates on and get to really understand more about them after sharing four years on the same field together. So this was a fun one for me. As you will hear at the end of the podcast, we'll be doing another episode in person. Happy New Year to you all. And yeah, thank you all for being a part of this in 2020. And I'm excited to continue on in 2021. Without further ado, enjoy the experience. Lockdown's weird. It's like it applies to certain things that you would think it would applies to, and then it also applies to. There's just some stuff that makes no sense about it because it's such a hard thing to enforce. I don't know. Are are you guys still or at all? We have like the bar that I worked at in January, February, and March never closed. It stayed never. open the entire time. Indoor as well. Indoor as well. Wow. It's wild down here. Yeah, we certainly have had the indoor stuff cut off pretty heavily but i don't know it's weird times man i don't i don't know what to make of it all uh i'm glad that i just work from home i stay inside mind my own and you know keep my head down do you know no. do you know anybody who's got it recently like close to you my parents they both had it. Got it yeah my dad was in the hospital for a week yeah, he was on 15 oxygen, which I didn't even know what it was, but like 15, was, that means like you have a lot of oxygen pumping in and they brought him down to one in a week, like one oxygen level. So it was scary there for a minute. Um, my mom had it first. She went to California to visit a friend mm-hmm. because I told her to. I was like, you should go visit a friend since I went to visit Kirk. And she was like, you know what? I need to visit a friend. And I was like, do it, mom. And she did, and she said she coughed like right before she got on the plane, and she was like, "That's it." There was just a gut feeling that she had that she was like, 
this is this is right coronavirus. Before she got on the plane home or there going there, there. going there. So, so she, she had it before. That's what she said. She said the first indication she had was getting on the plane, and I was like, "Man, crazy!" And they're yeah. both straight now. I'm, I'm assuming they're fine. Yeah, they're both okay now. So I'm going to visit them over Christmas, but I didn't go over Thanksgiving to visit them. Jeez, <clears throat> my what brother about and his girlfriend had it. Um, I mean, they were totally fine. Um, but fuck, man, that's that's nutty. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like your brother and her, his girlfriend were asymptomatic? No, I mean, like they had, like, they were sick enough, but like not, you know, anything crazy. Like they just felt shitty for a few days. I don't think it was like that intense for them. Um, it's funny though, I was there like just before they got it. And I was also, I'd came from Montana. I was visiting my buddy, Jeremy, and talk about no laws quarantine wise there they're just open but i came back i thought i gave it to them because i was kind of had a cold got a negative covid test though um and then coincidentally like the night i was leaving her sister and boyfriend came and they had been exposed like days before and from the parents and it's just a weird situation but like everyone's good now and (laughs) It's just weird. I mean, it's so weird that the states are are just on their own. And I felt like it was weird in March when Trump said each state governor is going to deal with what they yeah. want to in each state. And I mean, California governors probably been the most ridiculed during this whole thing because of how strict it's been. But it's just weird. It's just such a bizarre problem to tackle and like, yeah, like it shows how ill-prepared we were, sure, but like also too, it's like, how the fuck do you like, like at what point do you draw that line? Because like, you know, obviously a lot of people are dying, but obviously too, like a lot of people are losing their entire livelihoods. It's like right. such a like push and pull. Like, I honestly, like I can easily see both sides of it and like, I really just <laughs> don't have any kind of a better idea of a solution, you know, like it's kind of mind-numbing to think about having to solve those those larger problems uh something i'm glad that i don't have to do no i know i remember a co-worker came up to me in early march and we were just faced with the pandemic and he said so what do you think is going to happen and he's 15 years older than me and i said i think we're going to shut down and i said what do you think and he said I think once you hit the age of 40, you realize that business becomes more important than life. And I was like, that's interesting. What do you mean? He's like, well, you have to understand that people have to live and they have to support their family. And so that becomes more important than actually surviving and it's natural selection. And I thought that was really interesting to see both ends while I still thought it was going to shut down. It did. It was just interesting. And that's really what we're faced with. A lockdown. Um, so yeah, we had, we were shut down work from home for about three months. And then we opened back up. Most people are still working from home remotely, but it's, it's up in the air. 
in Georgia, things are just open. If you want to go, you can go. If you want to have the option of keeping your business open, you can keep it open. So right. that's something I respect. And I guess I've developed the mindset of if you want to do your business, you can keep it open. So yeah, it's crazy stuff, man. COVID, 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 COVID. It was weird. I remember the first 30 days when we got sent home. And I remember, you know, it was like March going into April and they're like, yeah, we're going to have another 30 days. And everyone was freaking out. If only, if only November, if only December us could talk to ourselves and be like, yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> it's crazy. Crazy. But uh, what what episode is this for you? How many, how many, um, how many guests have you had, Elliot? Oh man, I've probably had, for you, I've probably had, you're probably around 30, 32. Um I'm editing and posting episode 16 tonight um, and with my friend Olu, who I met down here in Atlanta, and he is an Olympian for and representing the country of Nigeria. And so, right on. He, yeah, he was a fun person to talk to. Very I'm fun. Sure. What sport? What Olympic uh, sport? Triple jump. Triple so, jump. so yeah, track and field. So just like me, I'm quite the jumper myself. <laughs> what do you jump? Jump. <laughs> Shit, man. I don't jump anything. No, it's good. Glad to be here. Glad to be in the hot seat. You're not in the hot seat. I mean, you jumped in lacrosse. You were a stallion as a midfielder. That counts. I'm playing. Your coach emailed me, actually. I got to get back to him on that Lake Placid invite. Are you going to go? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to. We can get an Airbnb. We could see if uh, somebody else in the team would go, and we just have a good little week. Yeah, that would be, that would be pretty fun. I'd like to. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a good time. It would be. Yeah. Do you usually – what's your uh, – I mean – do you have a format for these usually? Like, do you have questions that you ask or like, what's your, what's been your approach? Just talking. My approach is just talking. Yeah. I mean, you were in CIE. I feel like you're, I, I know you're a very intellectual person. We've had many conversations. Um, so um, there are some guests like coach Merck. I wanted to be more structured with just because he's a much more structured person. Um, I didn't listen. I want to listen to that one. Yeah, really interesting conversation. Loved his mindset. Um, but there's also conversations. I mean, we're having drinks right now. It's it doesn't really need to be anything formal. It's um, it's just a conversation. We'll get to things, and I love stories. You love stories. People love stories. So, um, I was listening to the actor from breaking bad he was on pardon my take yesterday and he said no matter which, if you're which actor um the shoot had bryce bryce something like jesse pinkman or mr white mr white um brian um, brian, um brian cranson thank you brian cranson um and he said no matter if you're two or 75 100 years old you always want to hear stories. So I like hearing stories. I'll tell you some stories. If we can cover that, that'd be cool. Um, I mean, 
you came from California to go to Ursinus and that's how we met. So if we want to give the audience an introduction on that, there you go, audience. That's how we met. Indeed. Indeed. Me and Elliot were brought together in the early days of BPS. Yeah, it's actually interesting. I've, I don't know, I think about college a lot and I just came up on my year anniversary at work the other day and, um, it was interesting. It was interesting to look back a year uh, where I was at, so a December ago, and, you know, having atypical college experiences, I think we had, like, we both were people that came from different states into Pennsylvania, which, you know, I think it's funny, like, a lot of people go leave college and go to a, a more stimulating environment than they were previously and I think that in a lot of ways we sort of did the opposite I mean Ursinus was a pretty awesome place and in a lot of ways a lot of things considered but it was also um, a lot of things that we weren't used to and just like a lot of different mindsets that were um, a little bit less open than where we came from um, but I think that even that I don't know it's such a valuable experience to get and like I'm crazy thankful for it but I'm also very thankful for where I'm at these days. You know? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm sure it's, what do you mean by less open? Cause I felt like even though there were some mindsets that weren't as open, I learned a lot from those mindsets too, to form sure. my own too. For sure. I think that <laughs> learning what you don't like can be as valuable as learning what you do like. And I, learned a lot of things that I didn't like in college and things that I didn't want to continue doing. Um, and I think that just like, and I'm thankful for it too. There's a lot of times where like, I really just didn't want to be at her sinus. And that's what drove me a lot to like do Philly experience, do a semester in Philadelphia, which was awesome, incredible life experience, like living in another city and like working in another city and then going to Hong Kong, you know, like studying abroad. If I was, you know, an awesome place, like down, down in Southern California, I'd probably have been less inclined to leave um, and want to get out and go somewhere. But those were major drivers and just being like, yeah, I want to get the fuck out of here for a semester assignment. Right. Um, and like, I'm thankful for that because even then too, you come back and you're excited to be back because then you're missing something like, you know, say what you will about our sinus, but like, I'm always happy to go back. I'm always happy to see my friends. And like, I made some awesome friends there. And like, I mean, look at us here now. <laughs> right. And I am getting David to come on the podcast as well. We've been in talks on instagram have you yeah i mean i find his story david for everybody that doesn't know is sam's roommate from hong kong but he his mindset of what's going on in hong kong right now i think is fascinating and just based on the conversations that we had when we first met in san francisco or we're in the bay area where you're from um when i was visiting it was just like you I had no idea what was going on in his world. And then I feel like a lot of it's going on right now in America. So it's quite interesting to kind of see that side. And I'm excited to catch up with him again to really start up that conversation. Yeah, definitely. And just like, I don't know, ju juxtaposing the, the different living situations that we have are, I don't know. I think it's so healthy to just put yourself in different shoes and be, wildly uncomfortable you know and i think that that's what a lot of like even our sinus like coming out here 
going out there from here and being in a place where, you know, I didn't know anybody in Pennsylvania previously before that. And now I have like an entire network of people out there that are lifelong friends, people I don't like, (laughs) great (laughs) connections, like um, that, I don't know. There's a lot of things I wish I would have done differently in college, but also I'm pretty happy where I'm at these days. And it's even with the whole not graduating thing, you know, uh, in a lot of ways, I'm, I'm pretty thankful for that as well. That's kind of what I was getting at too, with coming up on a year at work. I <clears throat> thought how crazy, thought how crazy it was that I had just the differences in my life, like where I was at a year from then and then today and something that I, I was writing down a lot of, a list of goals pretty much that I wanted to have accomplished in a year from whatever it was, December 2nd. Um, and that was something that I think was really to my detriment in college. I didn't really set goals, honestly. You know, like I was obviously at school trying to graduate, trying to be good at lacrosse, but I didn't really have concrete goals. Like I didn't really know where I wanted to be. Um, and I think that's even larger part, like just a lot of my life. Like I didn't, I'm not, wasn't very goal oriented in a lot of ways. I would just kind of go with the flow and, and, and see where it took me and like want to try a lot of different things. But I think that, you know, as we get older, it's important to have those goals. If you don't have goals, you're not working towards anything and you just kind of end up where you end up. And I don't know. So I'm happy. Hopefully in a year I'll have a, look at this shit. All of these completed, baby. All of them. I love it. But we'll see. You know, who knows what uh, 2021 will bring. Hopefully another pandemic. Hopefully another <laughs> crazy year of... Please no. Happens. Please no. But you are so good at just going with the flow. And that's one thing I admired of you so much in college. You, you were that go with the flow let things happen you were just a natural athlete on the field and your sense of humor was just like it was incredible and so all of those things it was just like you were I mean from I feel like I speak for a majority of the players on the team it's like you were a guy that seemed like it had it all together and it was just like I, I mean you were awesome. And so to see you not graduate, it, it broke my heart and it was, it was tough, but it just makes me even more happy. And also makes you realize how I'm not going to say insignificant, but how you can still push through that adversity to still make something of yourself. If you don't have that degree, you have the experience. So that matters. Like you got to play college across you have a tattoo on your leg (laughs) and I mean, that's fun. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day too, like the thing that broke my heart about not graduating was for my mom, you know, (laughs) like realistically, like I could give a fuck about a piece of paper. Like I was going to get it. And like, that's all right. Like, yeah, it sucked. Yeah. It was pretty demoralizing, but like I did it to myself, you know, like I ultimately like didn't put forth a lot of effort in school ever. Like, at any level really no i mean there was things when i i felt like you were a good writer yeah exactly but i mean you know you can be a 
good anything and it doesn't uh, amount if you don't uh, across the board i didn't i literally do like i did not do homework like period really like disgusting how much i just like wouldn't i would be great in class discussions i would participate i would often do the reading even but when it came down to it like i just didn't hit deadlines like i just wouldn't turn shit in because i was an incredible procrastinator and it was something i thought a lot about honestly is like like i didn't get good grades in high school either ever and like i always like really tried to get to the 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 root of that you know like where where did that come from like my parents were i have the most amazing parents like i'm literally blessed with you know what i have as far as resources like i'm incredibly lucky i've had every single opportunity handed to me on a silver fucking plate and i was like all right so like what where where's the disconnect you know like what i have every opportunity to do great in school it's like where where is that disconnect and i wondered about that for like a long time and i would always just write it off as being lazy like that was like oh i'm just lazy but then you know i started thinking about that more like dissecting that a little bit and like i mean being lazy is like <clears throat> not folding your laundry you know you know not doing this stuff but like your parents are paying for you to go to school and you're not doing homework and you're not getting good grades in a class you know that they're paying for like that's that's not laziness you know that's something else entirely and it's something I still honestly don't quite fully understand but I think a lot of it comes down to like just the way that I'm personally wired like I love instant gratification like I don't like this like slow grind of like you know four years you do all this bullshit in classes and then you get a piece of paper and you know that that qualifies you to to be smart and you know whatever and then start making more money and like obviously like classes are you're not getting paid to go to school necessarily, but in the long run, like it does have a monetary value to it, you know, getting good grades and, and doing well in college, but like now working in sales where it's literally instant gratification, you get paid every two weeks, you hit numbers every day, like you have a quota and like, that's, you know, I'm much more wired to that sort of like, I can see tangible results when I do something good. And like, that is a very good environment for me to be in. And I think that, I don't know, schools, education is such a tough, <laughs> I thought I wanted to teach, you know, and like seeing my own struggles in the classroom and then seeing how that translates so broadly to, to so many people in different ways that like school just doesn't work out for anybody, everybody. And like, there's so many different approaches to it and so many different angles that you can come from that are tough for people to 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 really like digest and it's just like such a massive massive undertaking to educate even a school's worth of people much less like, like a nation you know like how do you set standards for 300 million people in america like it's crazy and so it's like i think that we're slowly moving towards where your experience and your actual skills are are more important than just a degree because makes sense you know if you're good at what you do it doesn't fucking matter yeah if you, like the liberal arts education was great but like a lot of the shit that we did was just absolutely unrelated to 
anything else we'll do in our lives. Mm-hmm. I think that having that, you know, specialized focus is, is more important in a lot of ways. I don't know. I don't no, know. that's interesting. No, that's interesting. Cause one, I definitely think you could still teach because you can explain that story and say, I get that school is not for everybody. It wasn't for me. And this is the lessons that I learned from it. And I, and you can probably talk to the kids that don't want to do their homework. And second, that's interesting that you make that point to how many things we can apply from that liberal arts education. Maybe that's why I started this podcast or one of the reasons, because I didn't see it being applied in any part of my life. And I missed having these types of conversations with people to just deep dive and figure out what makes people tick and yeah. Right. And Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with one of my uh, coworkers at the bar, Mo's and Joe's, and we were talking about stoicism and just what it takes to sit within and understand what your fears are. And I found that conversation so interesting and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And from that, it was just, I wanted to learn more and have more conversations and boom, I just hit the record button. So it's, it's teaching in new ways and you're right. You're not going to be able to get 300 million people on the same page, but if you can tap into a little bit of that, you, you change somebody's life, which in a way can be instant gratification, I guess. Yeah, definitely. No, and I admire you for starting this. This is something that me and me and mids had talked a long time about starting a podcast, like before quarantine started even really. Um, and we just never made the jump on it. And I don't know. I think it's just like an awesome medium to, to one, just like it's, so fun to talk like I love love talking I get I talk for a living and I get off work the first thing I do is like call somebody and be like yeah what's up like <laughs> like I, I'm literally addicted to FaceTime um but it's it's just cool and I think it like opens up a lot of doors and I think it like also paints a, a clearer picture for people that you know there's a lot of these in, in podcasts like this, you get to see people in a different light than you normally would uh, and, and see them in a more casual setting. And also, too, just talk with somebody about things that you would probably never get to talk about that person, talk about with that person, um, and, and just kind of, you know, shed light on the <laughs> less seen part of things, which I think is so cool. I would have loved to see a podcast with you in mids. That would have been interesting. What you guys, one day, who knows? What did you guys want to talk about? What were you, like going back and forth about we had a few things one was going to be sort of when my brother was still doing generation exchange these technology workshops uh one-on-ones with um basically older adults and college students free technology workshops anybody could come anybody could show up uh, and they would pair um, older adults with with current college students he went to boulder uh, which is where he was doing it. It started as a master's project, master's program project for him, and then just fledged into something much larger. Um, but um, it was cool. It was like these like hour long workshops, and you know people would just come in and say, "I don't know how to work iMessage. I don't know how to work my brand new iPad Touch that my iPad Touch is that even a thing anymore. iPad <laughs> Pro that my my grandson got me for Christmas, or I don't know how to do FaceTime. Like, show me, please." 
Um, and there's, you know, this obviously massively untapped knowledge base in literally every single young person. You know, like we all know how to use a phone. all know how to use basic technology for the most part. Um, and then there's an entire generation above us, maybe two generations above us, um, that are a little bit, they didn't grow up with, with it in their palms. Uh, and so there's kind of that symbiotic relationship there uh, so it's been cool it was really cool um, but we were going to do something in that light and then COVID happened <laughs> that's fair yeah I mean just the way that you can touch different people that's that's why I put it out there I was recording these conversations and the toughest thing for me was actually releasing it and publishing it because I was scared of what people would think, all that stupid stuff. And very natural, but, but I realized that it was larger than myself. I was able to provide lessons to, to somebody. I don't know who's going to take something from it, but I knew that that was something that was selfish of me to just hoard. And that's what pushed me over the edge to finally do that. And I mean, it's important because somebody's going to take this and, be like that that's a lesson i can apply to my life today for sure and like you don't you don't know how that's gonna just motivate them to do something different so i mean it's been fun it's been fun to be able to have conversations with people and also to hear feedback and hear people that have enjoyed it and um that also leads to more interesting conversations which is similar to you, like what I enjoy having. I enjoy having these conversations and reconnecting. And I mean, who knows when you and I would have had a long form conversation like this. I mean, it's been a while since we've talked in the first place. And so yeah, really. I'm just glad that we get to do something like this. Have you received negative feedback? Like, have you, you know, in, I, in that realm? I, my brother and my mom are are critics and obvious I'm a huge critic of my own. So like I, I listen to every episode and sometimes I cringe. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm glad you said that when you did. Mm-hmm. Um, they both, my brother and my mom give very good feedback of what I need to do, what I need to change, what I need to be yeah. cognizant of. But from people other than that, I have not. And mm-hmm. maybe they're being quiet, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it'll maybe it will come soon. I don't know. Right. Hopefully it will. Yeah. Stuff is good. I mean, that's also something too. It's like tough to put yourself out there really and just like not give a fuck. Um, but I think that again, it's that being uncomfortable um, and, and putting yourself in new territory where it's time and time again, like that's where I see the most growth. But like, even knowing that, even knowing that is, is still tough to get out in front of it and like that's another thing you know like going back to school is it's like it is weird to me where I really realized that it was something more than laziness that like I know I know that the results of working hard in school like would pay off you know but it's there's some kind of disconnect there and you know, maybe just putting yourself in, in different situations and, and, and trying something until until it does work uh, is the way to go about it. But who knows? I mean, I open 
I'm open to any and all feedback. If you have negative feedback about the podcast, please let me know. But I, I, I love being able to see the growth of it's more so the production side since that's also what I'm responsible for is putting it together and making sure it sounds good. That's something where I have learned to, to grow a lot, but also with conversations with people that I don't know as well, that is something that I enjoy having those conversations. And honestly, some of the most difficult points of the, of the conversation are the beginning, like the first five minutes and closing it out, like ending it and knowing when to cut it off. Uh, There's been some conversations that I have not known when to end it and it gets uncomfortable. And so those are things that I learn from and you have to figure out what feels right and what doesn't. And in my opinion, it's, you can only figure that out from actually doing it and putting yourself out there. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's something like, you know, it can be really tough to even know where to start, you know, like, where do you even begin? And like, even with, uh, (laughs) it's funny, I've I've been dabbling more in in the stock market investing and stuff naturally, Um, having an income and stuff like actually having money to put into it. Um, and it's me and my buddy, Carl, one of my best friends that I grew up with, played lacrosse with forever. Um, he also, we got into it about the same time, um, and would just be bouncing ideas off each other and just be like, dude, where the fuck do we even start with this stuff? Cause it is, you know, it's like a whole untapped world, but like, it's, it's again, one of those things like that was probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine months ago that we started doing it. And I still don't know a fucking thing but i know a hell of a lot more than i did uh, when i started and it's just getting started you know where whatever that looks like for whoever you know and however you actually do get that start um and then just going from there and building on it and getting slightly better slightly worse sometimes too definitely losing money but <laughs> right you know um and because i don't know i just want to be starting a lot of things like that early so that I can be, you know, we're 23 right now, which feels old as fuck because it's the oldest I've ever been. But also, too, it's like I'm 23, I can look back in five years and be like, I am so glad that I did X when I was 23. And that's kind of like, you know, what the whole goals thing is. It's like, where do you want to be? You know, you can set any kind of goals that you want for yourself. I don't have any higher education goals at the moment, but it's not out of the question. But I do have other clear goals and like, just focusing on what you want to do. You can do, that's like the most liberating thing is like, you can literally do fucking anything. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of overwhelming sometimes, but yeah, I mean, I'm cool. I'm listening to the conversation that I'm going to release tonight. And I mentioned that I want to play professional lacrosse and it's like, no one is going to believe that that is in my world from college, but I can believe that internally and say, you know, if I say that and speak it into existence now in five years, you're right. Who's to say, who the fuck knows? right. I'm not going to be there. So yeah. it's just speaking it into existence and realizing mind over matter, especially during times like these, we, we can do whatever we set our minds to. We're all at 
the same level right now. Let's just figure out how to get there, obtain those goals and, and get there. Yeah. There's nothing that's out of the ordinary right now. Yeah. And that's like the crazy thing about working too, is like a lot of my internships in college is where I really realized this at first. Like when I was in Philly specifically at Formcraft, which was an awesome, it was like my first real internship. Um, and just like my manager, I don't even know who he's like a manager technically, but pretty higher up guy at the company, pretty well-established company too. Um, but it was just like a guy that I had a lot of respect for too, but you know, there's, nobody has it all figured out. You know, anybody can be doing this shit and it's just like, you just make your own path and you do it. And, you know, a lot of people have these similar, similar feelings. It's just blocking that shit out and getting to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I talked to Dre and it's like, I'm in the sucking stage right now of podcasting. And I think I'll always be in the sucking stage of podcasting because I'm always going to be worse the last conversation that I had than the next one. And I don't think I even evaluated the conversations I was having until I got into this and I started recording and putting myself out there. But it really is it, it, the less, you know, the better, because you're making it yourself. You're making it what you want. And that's what makes you unique. That's what allows you to gain an audience. And the audience that I have enjoys whatever I'm doing. And it's like, cool. This is what I'm making. And if you want to listen, great. If you don't, you don't, but we're all just learning here. We're all just making it what we want. And that's the exciting thing is we all get to build our own brands, our own personalities. And um, I mean, regardless of what you want to do, you just get to create yourself and you get to set those goals and try and obtain them. Create yourself. I like that. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, you know, you might feel like you're in the sucking stage, but at least you're in a stage, you know, at least you're putting yourself out there and you're doing it. And like, you're, you're never going to be shit. If you don't do it, you're never going to be even able to have the opportunity to suck if you don't try, (laughs) you know? And it's like, it's humbling, but it's cool. And it shows you like what, what it really takes to be great at something and, and, and succeed on a, on a higher level. I mean, we all wanted that when we went to college and play lacrosse. I mean, we wouldn't have done that if we didn't want to at least sniff greatness. And we all went to college to play at Ursinus to honestly win and beat Gettysburg. We all knew what that was because the year that we were going in, we lost to him in double overtime in the NCAA tournament. So we knew that going in. We knew that that was the goal. And if that in our 1300 student campus community was the goal that we were trying to obtain and for our teammates like that, we wanted to be great and we wanted to figure out what it took to get there. So, and we all knew what it was. And so I think just starting from there, we, we knew what it took. We did it. And I mean, there's some gratification that comes along with it and definitely it gave me confidence to be like, I have the support of my teammates, no matter what to say, whatever I want to do, they're going to back me up. And even if I'm not hearing from all my teammates, I know that they're there supporting me regardless. Yeah. I'm super thankful for that, that experience, like having that just like camaraderie as a group, it's not something that a lot of people get to, to experience. And it's like, 
there's so many skill sets that come from that, you know, that I got good at a lot of things in college, regardless of the grades I got that have really helped me out since, since then, like things that I use, you know, at work or just even social skills and just being like comfortable with myself in a lot of ways and, and, and being able to, you know, I had a lot of friends that didn't play sports in college and, and had a different experience too. And like, I think that's fucking awesome too, but like I am having like 45, 50 automatic friends when you go to college that are just there for better or worse when you're, you know, just talking endless amounts of shit to each other, like give you thick skin and like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I needed it. I mean, I was a pussy coming in freshman year. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know how to talk shit. I didn't know how to take it. I didn't know what the fuck to do. And so going to school in Philly, oh my gosh. I mean, when you've got the whole team lined up during stretches and you let up a goal during warmups and you get them all screaming at you, I mean, there's not much you can do except for just eat it. Just like having that like at your neck. All the time. Fucking throat. It's like, there's so such little shit like you know customers on the phone and like dealing with that it's like it, it i don't know it just puts in this perspective of like this is little shit like this is easy you know like i can i can deal with you like this is fine dan like we can talk about that like come at me <laughs> that's all right like i don't know it, there's it really like puts into perspective what what hard means you know like what, what what's actually difficult in life and like what what are you willing to go through to to succeed and like having that like on a physical level as well as mental level you know like working your ass off and, and being in shape like that not that I was necessarily working my ass off and being in crazy shape but like having that like we went through some tough fucking practices sometimes and like that shit you know, like working, like having to make a hundred calls in a day that pales in comparison to, you know, some of the run tests we would do and shit like that, or just like, it's, I don't know. Meetings and then with coach. also, yeah, exactly. When I have that like <laughs> carrot of like actual like money dangling in front of me as the end goal, instead of like a grade in a class, I'm like, fucking yeah, give it to me. Like, let's go <laughs> line it up. I love that shit. I love that's something too. I love competing, you know, like I, I really realized that and I need to, it's nice like playing, playing men's league lacrosse and shit, but I miss competing, you know, like really having that like competitive drive where like, yeah, you win like a men's league game, like sick, cool. Like winning a game, like that shit means something. And it's just a different, different feeling you can't really you can't really compare it to much else i mean that's the reason that i have it on my goals that i want to play professional lacrosse there's no other yeah. reason than the fact that i just love competing is that I'm, something you're serious about yeah absolutely um i started over the quarantine playing with a group called fight club and we get together for six on six games it's professional and d1 players i'm i think one of two or three D three players, uh, D two, D three players. And it's, it's serious and it's fun to compete at 
at that level and I have to step my game up and I have to actually work very hard in my time off to go out there and stay at their level. And I enjoy that. I realize that that's something that I actually care about, even though it doesn't mean anything. I realize that I can see myself getting to that level, really caring about the sport. And I mean, I'll be honest, breaking my foot senior year, it, it it's kind of filling that void to say, I, I want to get something back from that and still play at a high level because I missed out. I want to still compete. I want to take, and even if I didn't break my foot, I think still just being able to continue that and compete work is, is great. I don't work in sales, so I don't have those markers to hit. And so I don't have that competitiveness at work. And I think being able to bring that into my life again would be really exciting. And if the opportunity presented itself, heck yeah, I would, I would work my butt off to, to get on a professional team. Fuck yeah. 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 It's funny you mentioned breaking your foot. It's, it's funny, like senior year was interesting too. Like, obviously I wasn't there for fall ball. I wasn't ever there for fall ball. (laughs) Did one fall ball in four years. Fuck me. But like, you know, it's even with that, like, that's something that I, deeply regret honestly even more really than not graduating on time not necessarily fall ball but senior year specifically was I had a lot of other stuff going on in my head you know namely like not graduating and like a lot of that shit weighing on me I I wasn't as present and I wasn't like as much of a, a leader on the team that I felt you know I could be and like I've had a lot of talks with my mom really like since then about you know just school and like what not graduating was like and it's like honestly like other than for her sake you know not graduating on time like that's something that broke my heart that that really sucked to to sort of not that they were like disappointed but it's just like you know like that sucks a little bit and but for me personally like one of the things that ate me up the most was feeling like I didn't contribute as much as I could my senior year lacrosse wise and like that should stick with me forever (laughs) you know like that's that's like something that actually upsets me and like it's I'm also kind of thankful for that because it you know lights that fire in your belly to to really be like no fuck that like I'm not I'm not wasting chances here like (laughs) you, you don't you don't have a lot of them like they don't really come by that's something that you'll never I'll never ever be able to do again. Like I'll never be able to play college lacrosse again and compete at that same level. And like, you know, there's always opportunities for other things, but like it, there's a lot of things like that in life that you can't really, you don't get to revisit, you know, and it's, it's, you got to seize the moment, like whatever else you're feeling, like, fuck it, like put it aside, like find a way to make it work. And like, I, I didn't do that. And like that shit, it kind of sucks and like I'm glad that I have that you know to to like push me in a lot of other situations but like I'll I'll look back on that for likely ever you know yeah what fuck I could have done a lot more what do you yeah what do you regret about it because like I know that your role changed and obviously you not being there fall ball senior year with a new coach was impactful but I mean what 
what do you what eats you up inside most and what makes you hungry to work even harder for the future i mean honestly just like little shit where i was you know i would stay up till like two three four a.m every night i mean that was you like that's what you did yeah and like that's an unhealthy ass way to live like (laughs) that shit sucks like that is not a good way to go through your fucking everyday life of being tired every day and then on top of that like i just had horrible time management in college i would never go in and watch film with coach and i never really like built that tight rapport as like a a leader on the team um in, in situations where like honestly like i knew i could and just even too like from a production level like i'd yeah sure like i'd played solid minutes in some games and stuff but like i i wasn't really like contributing in a big way to to our teams and that was like where we lacked the most you know our midfield and like it's fucking sucks too because i think that there's a lot of a lot of components to that but like i think that i was all often in my head about playing lacrosse in college like just especially in game situations um more so practice honestly i'll get my fucking head but like I feel like I'm 10 times better than I was in college these days, you know, like, and I don't, and I don't practice like I did in college. And I don't know. I wish I had that same freshman year. I really had to drive and like would, cause I couldn't go out. I would be playing wall ball on Saturday nights and running, you know, and like keeping that shit up would make a huge difference. And it's just not something I did. And like, you know, suffer the consequences. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? Like, you were in your head in practice and games, senior year, junior year? What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, just, I don't you know. You never seem like, you never seem like somebody that was in their own head. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even necessarily something where I was, like, nervous necessarily, but more so that, like, I didn't, I wouldn't really, like, progress. I wasn't necessarily getting better in college and, okay. like, I don't think that I had the right mindset about it a lot. I think I would just be thinking about other things, you know, like thinking about the the homework I didn't do that day and like just being wildly stressed out. And I think that like, I mean, that just bleeds into so many other things when you're that stressed out and, and sort of in denial about it. You know, I think I would sort of, you know, be able to play it off pretty fucking well, obviously. <laughs> but like, I don't think that one, I treated a lot of people with like the intentionality that, that I like to think that I, that I usually do. And, you know, being able to like uphold relationships with people on the team, coaches, other people, like just people that are signers in general. Like I, I think that I was mentally just, I don't know. There's so many things that go into that shit. It's it's crazy. No, I mean, it's fair. Because, I mean, there, we can always look back and just be like, that's what I wish I would have done. And even if I want to go play professional lacrosse, like, I'm looking at my jersey right now that's in my room with their sinus, and there's not going to be any jersey that I put on that feels like it did when I put on that or sinus jersey. So no matter how that experience went, it's always going to be that jersey just feels different because – I know the kind of relationship that we all had as a team and the things that we went through. There's just nothing that's going to compare to that. And I don't think it, it could just be one experience that we regret or one thing that we look back on. It's like, I wish I would have done this. I mean, it's just that experience and that growth because we have our whole lives left. I mean, yes, it's the oldest that we've been right now, like you said, but 
we have our whole lives left to go back on those lessons that we got. But that jersey just means everything. It's wild. It is wild. It is. Yeah, I'll never forget that freshman year, the first time that we walked into the, to the locker room with our game jerseys in there. I was just like, holy fuck. Like, so we made real. it. <laughs> this is real. Like, this is it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy to think back on. We we went there from far away to to just live out our goals of, of playing college across, no matter how stupid it may have seemed to, to other people, which – it didn't, it doesn't even matter. It just mattered to us inside that I knew I wanted to play at the college level. And for me, it was Paige, just coach Paige talking my ear off about how great her sinus was and what he saw. And it all ended up coming true. And we were the class to do it. No matter how shitty it was for us on an individual level, we did something that no other team in our program history we're able to do which is we can take with us for the rest of our lives yeah I completely agree with you and I share some of those feelings but I also think that that specifically is like what eats me up is that like like I always wanted to do that you know like that was my goal like being being a kid like growing up through high school like I wanted to go play college lacrosse and like I knew I could and I knew I could have had, I knew I could have been better than I was throughout the whole, like senior year aside as well, like sophomore and junior year as well. It's just like, I could have been better than I was. Like, I know that in my fucking heart and like school, you know, like, sure. Like I, I know I could have done better, but I also think that like, I was, like I said, school's not necessarily for everybody, but like lacrosse is for me, like for us, like that's, you know, like something that we definitely can do and like not like living up to my potential there is when I know I could have is like, fuck, you know, like it really like, just like, damn. That's fair. But the thing is like, and and this is very selfish of me to think, but I mean, just looking at you as a player, as a person, like you brought so much to the team that was, just so you like you brought a sense of humor you brought a lightheartedness you brought just it it was you it was it was incredible that you contributed that to the team that if you weren't on the team I don't think we could have been where we were without you I mean there's just so much chemistry that you brought to us that allowed us to relax and I'm not sure if other people felt that way but I sure as heck felt that way to just be like Sam's here I'm gonna laugh that's all that matters like and and I think everybody has a role to play and I I had a tough time finding my role when my foot was broken and I was like all right I'm gonna fuck around and try and be that guy but that wasn't my role like and coach Merck called me out on it which I hope you get a chance to listen to that conversation because we talk about it he um I mean, he, we talked in his office and he was like, you need to fucking lock it in at practice or I'm going to send you up to the booth. And I was like, all right, I'll lock it in. Let's talk about it. And he's like, no, we're not going to talk about it. You're just going to fucking do it. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And so that was it. And from that day on, 
the role changed and it took him having to call me out to do something, but you always knew your role. And I, I don't know what your conversations with coach Murph were like, but it, it's, it's everybody knowing their role. And if you do that role, then that, that is what it is. And I know you didn't have the most pleasant conversations with, with steel over the years, but that's how you form and that's how you grow. Yeah. I mean, all respect to both of those guys. I think that I put them in strange situations as coaches. It's like, what do you, what do you fucking do with a kid like this? You know, that, <laughs> and I think too, like, <clears throat> I really, you know, I fucking appreciate you and like you saying those things, like that's nice of you and all. But I think too, that like uh, something that I try to do is regardless of how I may act outwardly, outwardly is that you know, when my head hits the pillow at night, when I'm, when I'm sitting there and it's just me, like, I want to be dead fucking honest with myself. Like whatever I said that day, you know, whatever I did, like whatever, like at the end of the day, I want to know how I truly feel, you know? And if, if I can be honest with myself, I think that's the most important thing. Like, I think that's where people dig themselves into a hole is if you're, if you're lying to yourself on the inside. And when I lay down at night, like, I knew I could have been better. <laughs> and, you know, that's just something that I have to deal with at the end of the day. And like, that's fair. And that's, you know, it's not something that, you know, I fucking think about every single night when I go to bed, like, fuck, like shit. But it's, it's definitely like a driving force. And like, when I feel lazy at work or when I just feel lazy in other parts of my life, it's like, all right, like, how long do you want to keep doing that? <laughs> how, how long do you want to be, you know, not, not that I'm doing, particularly bad but it's like fuck like at what point do you draw that line like where do you put in the effort and like be great (laughs) no that's fair i mean but you you get to learn that from from lacrosse and just just doing those things it's interesting that you say that though because i i i'm a very tough critic on myself as well i mean just and it's not even at, at work per se, but it's, it's in my everyday life and how I carry myself and just how I'm perceived to others. Um, and I don't know why that matters to me so much. Whereas I feel like you don't care about what other people think you care about solely what you have done for yourself. I care a lot about what other people think. I think it's pretty human. I think that, you know, everybody has their own way of showing it. And yeah, you definitely don't show it. Yeah. I think that, I don't know. I admire the fuck out of you because you wear your heart on the on your sleeve and you you know say how you're feeling. Yeah, but sometimes it fucking for better sucks. or worse, <laughs> it fucking sucks sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know, dude. I will forever respect how you came in freshman year, and you know, you you weren't as tight with a lot of us your freshman year, and you came back a different fucking beast that next year and fucking commanded a starting spot on the team and like you did that shit you know i don't know what the fuck you did that somewhere what shit you went through but you know it's i think that just more and more that like yeah the further we go through it's just however you can however you can make it work and what works for you it's not gonna work for everybody but as long as it works for you no but i mean like you learn from the seniors i learned from people like you who it seemed like on the outside didn't give a fuck about what anybody thought. And so it's like, all right, let's try and figure out how I can get on the field because Sam's getting on the field and 
it's just taking bits and pieces from everybody to say, I mean, Neff was a master at it on the field. He would just, he'd be a, I mean, the shit that he would do in the locker room was just absurd. And then he'd go out on the field and just, just zone in. And so to see that, it's like, all right, let's try and figure out how to do it. And he gave me the book Mind Gym where he said, this is how you're going to win the starting job. And that was huge because it allowed me to envision my failures and my success and just really balance that. And so that helped a lot um, yeah. to be able to just really see that and understand that athletes have to go through stuff like this to oh, yeah. see success. And yeah, I really, at, once I read that, and was able to apply it, I really didn't give a fuck about what anybody else thought. I just was like, I'm going to stop the ball and that's my job. And before that, I didn't really understand what doing your job was. And then coming in sophomore year when I could actually obtain that starting job, it's like, all right, this is mine to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Yours to lose. Yeah. No, I don't know, Chev. I fucking it's like pretty rare to see somebody like go through that level of transformation in such a short period of time, you know, like it was like night and day. Wow. I appreciate that. Thank you. And it's, it's pretty fucking badass. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I think that that's like a lot of what make like people or, or, or think things great is their ability to adapt, especially like today in today's world. And like, that's something that I try to do very well. It's just like, you know, at work, if our metrics change and then it's, you know, something where, okay, all that shit that you were doing yesterday doesn't really matter. Like, here's this. It's like, okay, like, cool. Like, let's do it. Let's go at it. Instead of being, what, what, what the fuck? Like, you know, like, <laughs> and it's like, how, how are you going to, how are you going to get good if you can't, if you can't do that kind of thing, if you can't be okay with change, like, things are gonna change that's that's a given and like i don't know it's a it's a big world out there <laughs> i mean you ready for it steel always said you can only control the controllables so i always i always thought about what things i had in my control and how i can just control my attitude and my mindset and i ended up loving the weight room Kevin got me in there all freshman year and that was a transformation. And then coming in sophomore year and being able to apply it, it's like, that was the, the mindset that I needed to know that I was strong, that gained confidence for myself. And then just being able to, to play at that level. Um, I, I wasn't able to play at that level freshman year. Like I was getting shelled freshman year. And so I had to change exact Swiss cheese, baby. I mean, like I had to figure out how to save a lacrosse ball at the college level. So just doing those things. um, I mean, confidence is a huge thing. I mean, once you're able to realize how to internalize that confidence and just shut your mouth and do it. I mean, that, that was a big thing for me because like you said, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So I had to figure out how to just shut that down and do my job and then yeah after i'm done doing my job i can talk all i want but for that time i gotta do my job 
Agreed. Yeah. Fucking stoked for you, dude. You're in a you're in a good way right now. You know, you got a lot of good shit going on and like I just love the love the energy right now. It's I good. appreciate it. It's I mean it's if I told my mom, I mean, I miss my mom so much. Um I'm excited to see them for Christmas. Um I watched the Midnight Gospel. Have you seen that show? Um, it's Duncan Trussell. It's on, it's an animated show. It, the, um, so he does, he started a podcast because Joe Rogan told him to, and he's one of Joe Rogan's really good friends and he does a space cast. And so he goes into these different galaxies um, through a portal that is a vagina in the TV show and it's animated. And the last episode, he has it with his mom and his mom passed away uh, due to breast cancer and the episode goes through the circle of life and she is a psychiatrist and she walks him through uh, what it means uh, to give birth and bring life into the world and what that feels like and what emotions come with it and how your ego covers up emotions. And that was the first time that I really understood um, that everything that I'm doing right now in Atlanta is my is building my ego to cover up the emotions that I'm actually feeling. And that emotion that I'm really feeling is that I miss the shit out of my family. And it's, it's scary to f- be faced with that and actually understand that as a kid, I was the most homesick person and now i couldn't be farther from that like i love getting up every day and going to attack the day and do whatever i want for myself and it was that episode that really brought me in to say elliot you're still that person and i lost it like i i was bawling and i texted my mom and i was like mom i i learned tonight that i am building my ego to cover up these emotions. And she said like that text meant so much to me. And I'm so proud of you for learning that and for understanding it and for telling me, and I'm excited to see you. And I think, you know, I think everybody's learned a lot about themselves during this quarantine. And that was, um, that was a big lesson of mine to be able to actually understand it and also talk to my mom about it because I think there's a lot of things that I've learned that um, I've just kind of internalized. Um, I use the notes app every day and I have a list that I really, what do you write? I have over like a thousand. <laughs> Love it. I, I've, I've done that for years. I just okay. always have like, I couldn't even tell you what half of them are. <laughs> that's great. I have one that's called what I learned today and I started it in April and I just write down, I started off as just one thing that I learned every day and it started turning into just like paragraphs and paragraphs of stuff that I learned every day. And um, I just keep it in there and don't ever really look back at it. And I started looking back at it. It's like, oh my gosh, like this stuff's crazy. Like back no hell of shit. <laughs> well, I mean, back in May, I, I said, you fucking motherfucker, like you need to get your shit together and then have these conversations with people and um, like, I don't remember. It was like, you need to understand what you got from CIE and all the papers that you wrote, um, and how important they are. And I wrote that like at the beginning of May 
And then I recorded my first podcast in mid-July. And just to see that progression in between that period, it's really interesting because you get to see that seed planted and then how it grew and what it turned into. Yeah, it was fun. No, I admire you for doing this. I think it's cool. And I think it's it's cool too because it, you know, it motivates a lot of people in a lot of ways. You know, seeing like, oh, Shevin's going to do it. I could do it. Motivates me like that, you know? Yeah. I'm starting my own podcast, The Common Intellectual Journey. I solo edition. I solo edition. Platform. <laughs> no, you it's, should. It's good shit, bro. Well, I mean, what what kind of things do you want to do? Um, like, what kind of things do you like to create and stuff like that? Because you're a big creator. Like, you, you're a really good writer. Yeah, honestly, <clears throat> been trying to write more. Um, been trying to something I've always wanted to do is like comedy. Honestly, you'd be good at it. And like I've honestly just been like too scared to ever like. Yeah, and like you know, like I love that shit. Like that that's like something I like so deeply enjoy. Um, and so I don't know, you know, finding a way to weave that in. Like I I love laughing. I love making people laugh. Like that's like it's fucking awesome. And I don't know. I don't know what capacity that I can do that in. And like. Honestly, I haven't really been actively seeking it out lately because shit hasn't been that funny lately. <laughs> um, no, but, but, it, but it's weird because like comedy's changing right now, especially totally. like, like there's no stand up right now. So what are people doing to, yeah. I don't know, make money off of making people laugh? Because yeah. people want to laugh right now. Trust me. Like I would love to laugh more than anything. I'll make you fucking laugh. I've, I appreciate you. Thank you. I mean, that's... Fuck. I mean, that's why I like having these conversations because, like, I don't know, you get something out of it. I love listening to Joe Rogan because there's always, like, that tidbit of little comedy in there. Like, why not? Pardon my pardon my take I listen to because they just never talk about anything serious. And so that's something that's funny. Yeah, definitely. What kind of podcast do you listen to? Like, do you listen to... You know, I'm, I'm, I assume you listen to a lot. I, I, it's cool. Like when you start doing something like this, you have such a different appreciation for, you know, other people in the space that are doing it. And like, you really realize like how fucking good some people are at what they do and like what you just go at it from like, it's like when I read now, you know, like I have such a different, <clears throat> like I really appreciate how fucking good some authors are. Like it's, it's like mind blowing. Like it's crazy. And, like, you kind of have that, like, different analytical approach to, like, seeing what they're doing in their writing and their work. Like, do, do you feel that? I'm sure you do feel that way about podcasts. Oh, yeah. Like, different podcasts that you like because of that now? Absolutely. I mean, I, I've been reading Stephen King, and his writing is just mm-hmm. incredible. I mean, I'm reading The Shining right now, and oh, my gosh. Just the way he's able to intertwine the the mental aspect of Danny talking to Tony um, from like just a completely made up abstract part. Fascinating. And yes, I do listen to many different podcasts and for, I mean, I listened to podcasts, um, as you knew a lot in college, but when I was in quarantine, I actually thought of your dad a lot because he said 
that he would start his day and just turn on podcasts. And that's what I did. Like I would start my day and I would turn on podcasts. And my favorite one to listen to was um, the token CEO. And she started a podcast with, she's the CEO of Barstool, Erica Nardini. And it was every day for 15 minutes. And she would just sit there and talk into her microphone. And so I started doing that. And so on my drive home from fight club, I would record my thoughts from that game and those experiences. And I would just talk to myself and then I would listen. Yeah. I would just listen to that. I would listen to um, Joe Rogan. I listened to um, pardon my take uh, Freakonomics and they all offered something different. Um, Spit and chiclets too. I love Paul Bissonette because he, Paul Bissonette was um, uh, he's a Canadian enforcer type player and he's hilarious. Like he, he brings a, like, I don't give a fuck energy to it. And then he has like an emotional side too, which I can resonate with where it's, it's something that I, I want to make people laugh, but it's also like, I have feelings too. Everybody does. And so that's where the podcast. And you're not fucking funny. And I'm not funny. So I better be emotional. So, you know, being able to talk into a mic or in my case, a phone on my drive home from fight club, not having to worry about anything else in the world allowed me to get more comfortable with hearing my voice with just speaking about nothing. And then from there, I just learned what I sounded like and how to convey myself better and I kind of just grew from there and it by the first recording that I had it it was almost natural and so I did get very analytical with it I understood uh, how to I guess do a podcast I just had a feeling of what I wanted common intellectual to be and then it just continues to grow yeah I think that's the key. You're just going to keep getting better and better and better, uh, which is fucking awesome. It'll be cool to look back on this when you're famous with millions of listeners to be like, God damn, those first episodes fucking blew dick. Can't right. Sam on my fucking podcast. It's that terrible. Jack up. Yo, also about Stephen King. You want to read a great book? Read On Writing by Stephen King. If you have any interest in writing, incredible. On- I haven't read any of Stephen King's actual books but that book is i it's fucking amazing you read that one on writing yeah okay highly highly recommend it's incredible it's basically it's almost like an autobiography but also just it's on writing like how he goes through the process and it's it's amazing it's really cool i like it that's awesome well no i mean i think to your point of like why the fuck would i have say my soul on my podcast um I think as I look, as I listen to Joe Rogan and I listen to token CEO and they are what I convey as the, I guess they have to have famous people on is if that's correct. Like they have to have people that are um, at their level. And I think these episodes are going to be some that I appreciate the most because they're the ones that are most natural. And I hope that I am able to continue to have these types of conversations because these are the ones that matter to me most. And regardless of how many millions of listeners I get, 
I want to still have these conversations. And Joe Rogan on his first podcast with Spotify had Duncan Trussell on the one that I was telling you about midnight gospel. And that's one of his best friends from the comedy store. And I want to be able to have people like yourself on this podcast, no matter what it turns into, because I care about these conversations way more than I would about anybody else because we have a backing and experiences in our own lives that we've actually experienced that like, I would never be able to experience than anybody else. That was a joke. I know why you got me on the fucking podcast. Cause fuck you're you amazing, Sam. You are the best. That is why. No, it's good. I mean, <clears throat> I think it's fucking awesome, dude. Like I, I, I think this is like, at the very least, it's like a, like just the conversations that you get to have, or it's like a great exercise. And also too, it's like a great thing to be like, look, I can fucking produce a podcast. I have 30 episodes. Go look at them. Like it's a, it's a, having those kinds of things that you take on outside of work and like on your own, on your own, what's the word? With your own motivation it's it says a lot about character and just like what you're willing to do and like i think that's pretty fucking cool i mean i fuck i can't sit still like that's also that's a problem like i just can't sit still i i, I pick very still for many hours really what do you like to do when you sit still just write read do nothing i like uh that thing back there. Yeah. Land. Bed. Yeah, you spend a lot of time in bed. I I mean not as much these days. That's good. But I spend a lot of time in this fucking chair. That's what I do do. No, I know. And I mean like I picked up that bar back gig at Moe's and Joe's when I was when I was in whew, I would go to the bar uh I think every Friday or Saturday night or both. October, November, December. And then I was talking to the bartender. I was like, hey, if you ever get a bar back gig open, just let me know and I might do it. And so she was like, you're probably not going to get anything. And then she gave me a contact with another bar. And I was like, I just kind of want to work at this one because I can walk here. It's like I can walk there in five minutes and then walk home at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, that was, that was what I wanted to do. And early January, like January 10th, I think I, she texted me and was like, Hey, you want a bar back? And I was like, sure. And she was like, all right, you start tonight. So <laughs> I started that night. Yeah. Started bar backing Friday, Saturday nights. I had a great time. Like there was a guy there that watched hockey. He was a Canadian played juniors and every Saturday night he would come in for hockey night in Canada and would watch hockey and we would just shoot the shit about hockey. And it was so nice down here in Atlanta with no hockey fans at all. Yeah. We'd come in with an Oilers scarf every single Saturday to watch hockey. And I was like, respect, respect. And he knew so much about it. And we would just talk for hours. And I mean, there were conversations that I had there at that job that I wouldn't trade for anything. Like that was awesome. Sure. But that just came from me not being able to sit still. Like I just yeah. wanted to be doing shit. Definitely. 
That was something. <clears throat> I want to do this like goddamn. Like last June, July, like right after we graduated, I spent like two weeks in Denver with my brother, and like I had. There was one specific talk I had with an Uber driver um, that made me realize I always have, like, these crazy-ass talks with my Uber drivers. Like, I'm a pretty – I like talking to people a lot, as we've mentioned. But I – it really, like – I just had a great talk. I don't even remember the discussion at this point, honestly. But, like, that I – afterwards, I was like, God damn, like, I always have these, like, crazy, intimate, like, deep conversations with my Uber drivers – it would happen time and time again. It would often happen from the, when I would Uber to and from her sinus from the airport. And I would always be in pretty introspective times, you know, like going to and from college. I'd always have a lot on my mind mm-hmm. and it's like a 45 minute drive, you know? And I was like, but that one <clears throat> in, in Denver, for whatever reason, I was like, damn, I should make like a podcast out of this. Like I was like, you know, thinking that, and I was just thinking of all the different ways that I was thinking about doing it in written form, about just, like, having the raw conversation, like, all this stuff, and ultimately, I never did anything about it, story of my life, but it's, like, you know, shit like that, it's, like, just fucking do it. Yeah. (laughs) Just do it. I mean, I had a great conversation with an Uber driver on my way home from the airport in Atlanta, and... I had always been told that Atlanta was such a melting pot of culture moving here. And I told him that, and he was like, you think that, but it's still very much segregated. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, we'll think about it. And Atlanta has a lot of different pockets and different areas. So like I live in Virginia Highlands, which is right west of Midtown. It's, it's, pretty well off people um and then you go a couple blocks over and you hit so like there's this these two streets it's the same street but one side's briarcliff and one side is monroe or boulevard one of the two but either way it is segregated to that was what it used to be where briarcliff was where the white people would live and boulevard monroe either one was where the black people lived and it was segregated and it still is that way. And then you go North and you have Buckhead Brookhaven area and that's the white area. And then you go South and you have Hateville college park area and that's the black area. And this Uber driver was going through this, explaining it to me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I had no idea about Atlanta until I had this conversation with this Uber driver to understand what Atlanta really is. And I thanked him at the end. I was like, I had no idea about this shit. And so thank you for educating me. And now I have a completely different appreciation for what Atlanta actually is. And I mean, this was the start of the civil rights movement. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. was a preacher at one of the Baptist churches right down the street from my house. And it's just wild to think that this is where it started. And there's so much history in this area. And for that reason, there's so much segregation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. It just all started with a conversation with an Uber driver. Fucking Uber drivers. This goddamn guy. You can share so much with an Uber driver because you know, you're never going to see him again. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, there's something about that. It is interesting. It's um, it's kind of like how you wish you presented yourself to to most people, you know, like that, like how you should, you know. It's like who gives a fuck. The less fucks you give. Only have so many fucks to give. Yeah. I had an Uber driver one time drop me off at um drop me off at um it was when I was doing Philly X and I was coming I was going back to Philly from Mercinus. And he was dropping me off <clears throat> at the Norristown Transportation Center so I could take SEPTA back. And we ended up ended the ride and like we we're just chatting it up like 15, 20 minutes after. And I was telling him that I was an English major and he was like, oh, like, you're going to go to, you know, um, go to law school after? It's like, fuck no. What do you mean? Like, you know, a lot of English majors do that. I was like, yeah, not me. And he's like, you watch one day you'll get in, you'll, you'll go to law school. I was like, the fuck? So if I ever go to law school, that would be the craziest fucking call that Uber driver ever made. Would you ever do it? I actually thought, like, after that, I was like, shit, am I going to go to law school? There you go. And I was like, fuck, no, I'm not going to law school. <laughs> kidding me? Thought of more school is nauseating. You'd be a good lawyer. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> You're fucking wrong. You're fucking wrong. This is why. Because you're wrong, dumbass. I would, one day, I would like to revisit school. And, like, because I like learning. I do. But, like, I took a class recently, like a Stanford continuing education class. And, like, it was, like, same shit. I was like, I couldn't focus. I was like, I fucking hate school still. Like, <laughs> this is not. I'm not getting paid for this. Like, fuck this. I'm paying for this shit. Like, what the fuck? And like, they day, got me again. What's that fucking show? Oh man. Oh fuck. Never mind. I just there was a show where they like, um, where they like put him into one situation and then. He ends up like getting out and then he ends up going back into a portal and he's like back in that same situation. Like, fuck, I'm still here. I don't remember what it is though. Um, what are some of your goals that you had written down though? Mm. To be better than Elliot Shevitz. That's a pretty easy one. Um, to read 10 books, start to finish. Do you have any books that you like to read other than On Writing by Stephen King? Yeah, I'm currently reading <clears throat> How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Car- Carnegie. It was one that I've seen mentioned so many times. Finally picked it up. It's, a good it's pretty one. good. I'm not that deep into it. Yeah. Gotta keep reading it. Um, leave the country at least once. Visit at least two friends that live in a different state. Hey, come to Atlanta, baby. Complete at least 30 consecutive days of no alcohol 30 days straight of getting up at 8 a.m and not looking at a screen for the first hour of the day i like that one Um, and then a lot of just like career related stuff honestly is what it mostly was about because that was kind of like the catalyst and 
making that list. Um, just like money stuff, financial goals, boring things, you know? No, it's exciting. Yeah, it's cool. It's something that I'll probably keep adding to as well. But I also am cognizant of not setting too many goals, you know, but having them all be attainable. Mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of times, like in college, I would set goals for myself sometimes, but I would say like stupid ass shit. Like, <laughs> you'll love this. Back in high school, I would say stuff like, I would like write <clears throat> goals down and stuff and it'd be like, grow three inches. <laughs> oh, that's a great goal. I never had that accomplished. You know, like shit like that. And it's like, <laughs> grow grow you fucking worthless piece of shit but yeah no stuff like that i don't know money's been uh on my mind a lot lately why is that and yeah i mean i think it directly coincides with a lot of the goals i'm not too focused on like it's not so much coming from a place like wanting to be rich but like i mean that too but like also it's like the things that I want to do like require money. Like I love, I get the most joy out of like taking care of people that I love and like providing for my family is like, you know, like being able to get shit for my parents or, or whatever it is. Like that is such a, like, that's something I realized that I love the most. Like I love that feeling of like being able to provide and being able to take care of people that, that I love and you need some money to do that sometimes um and you know it just lets you lets you be comfortable and i think that like my parents have done an insanely good job of providing for me that like i i want to be able to reciprocate that to them and and the rest of my family who knows well fucking kids but you know short term yeah I mean, it's one thing that, I mean, I feel similar to you. I just try to think of it in an indirect way where if I'm doing the things that I love and give less of a fuck, then I'm able to get to that goal. Maybe not quicker consciously, but I'm going to get there because I'm actually doing what I was, I guess, put here to do. Like you're put here, I feel to write and make, if you want to make people laugh, you can make people laugh, but I've seen your writing and it's very good. So I know that you can do that and just being able to do stuff on that. It's, it's exciting to, to see that that's something that you want to do. If you want to pursue comedy, I think that's something that if you can go for whatever you're passionate about, that's what you're going to be great at. And you're going to be able to make money on. Yeah. That's what I like about it too, is it's like, I've also been focusing on a lot of things lately that are sort of like lifelong skills. Like in the short term, like I realized that like I've also been so fortunate with like the, the body that I was born into, like just in terms of like athletic ability and stuff. Like I don't have, like I'm pretty well coordinated and all that kind of shit. And like, but you didn't grow three inches. Yet. Yet. (laughs) And, you know, I want to reach that, like, genetic potential 
at least once, you know, just see like how far I can push my body. Hell yeah. Um, that was another thing on my list to have three months of consecutive, three months of, um, I don't know how I worded it, but like of, of continued um, exercise, workout routine, whatever that may be. Like I still run pretty often and stuff like that, but like I haven't like stuck to like a actual routine or anything like that. I eat very fucking healthy nowadays too because I cook for myself. Whoa. And, oh, yeah. But, I mean, like back on the track of like lifelong skills, like cooking one, you know, like that's something that you will do forever. Like making people laugh, like doesn't matter how old you are, you know, you can always tap into that and like stuff like that is very appealing to me that that you can I love the idea of mastering things, you know, like getting really fucking good at something. Cause I think that that's like I've definitely touched around that with lacrosse. Like I think that's like probably like the single thing that I'm the most skilled at, you know, in terms of like I don't know anything else that I put that much other than like other like soft skills, like people skill, you know, like that kind of stuff, like all that aside, but like, I don't know anything else I've worked as hard at other than lacrosse, like, and just the idea of like getting really fucking good at something is like appetizing just to like yeah. have that like complete command over whatever it is you're doing. And like knowing that you're really fucking good at it is like, that's a satisfying feeling. I'm going to keep telling you you're fucking good at writing. <laughs> I appreciate you for that. And yeah, it's definitely something that I should do more. You know what I should send you? You're something I would, you're somebody I would actually be okay with reading this. <laughs> I've never had somebody read this actually. It's, um, I wrote it. God, when did I write this? Created September 23rd, 2019. I wrote it on the plane somewhere. Great things happen on planes. I have some of my best drawings on planes. Yeah, it's something about it. You're like suspended yeah. in the air. Um, but I. What's your? And um, but I that must have been when I was coming back from Denver. I'm not even sure. My story of not graduating. And really. I just hit like this. I literally wrote. I don't know how many, it's like over 3,000 words. And I literally wrote that in one sitting. I've never done that in my fucking life. Like, you know, cranking out like 1,500 to $2,000 word papers in college. I would do that in one sitting, but it would be like, you know, with editing and stuff like that. But like, I have never wrote that much in one sitting. And it was kind of to that point that we were talking about of just like, why? I didn't try in school, like put my best effort forth always. Um, and like, just like seeing where that started. You um, went through a lot senior year, Sam. You went through I mean, a like, fuck ton. Lost Ted. Yeah, but like, I mean, like, you know, it's like. I get it. It's on you. People, but people go like, through shit every day. Like, no, I know, I know, I know. But like Ted, Ted was somebody that, brought you so much joy and was there for you all the time when when i saw him there you were a different person and for you to lose him 
during that time, I remember when I found out that you weren't graduating and he was the first person that I thought about. And um, I don't know if you mentioned him during the, this paper that I'm about to read, but I, I thought about him and it's like, Sam, like regardless of if you thought about it or not, I thought about him for you and he he was there for you supporting you and that's that's a lot regardless for anybody to deal with because I haven't lost a best friend like that uh, in my life and I just can't imagine what that's like to go through either yeah it's funny you say that dude was definitely one of my best friends and like he was 96 years old (laughs) yeah you know it's like funny funny to think about it like that and like I mean, it changed my life in a lot of ways. And like, I am forever thankful for that. He's one of the reasons I love talking to people. You know, like I would just have like the most intimate, deep conversations with him where I could literally say fucking anything. And like, it's pretty cool. I think that like, and it's cool. Like there's so much shit that like bleeds through with him that is like, I think about him on the weekly still, you know, it's like, I have a bunch of his, a, a bunch of his old stuff that I've been putting on eBay, a bunch of old like, <laughs> uh, camera equipment and things like that. And like, he's, he's one of the first people that I've lost in my life. I, I've lost a couple of people, you know, like close to me, but he was one of the first people that I lost that it was actually like, I miss the fuck out, like to this day, you know, like where I like actually miss his presence like there's people obviously that like my grandma and stuff like that that are were big parts of my life too but like he I would talk to him on a weekly bit like more than that a lot of times and it's like crazy that actually like have that yearning feeling for somebody and it's crazy too because like he's somebody that I felt like I really utilized my time with like I was very aware of his age obviously and that like he's 96 like that's fucking old but it's like also something where I still feel like god like I wish I would have spent more time with him Uh, and it's like I'm I'm thankful for that too because like I'm so with my parents now like I'm so happy that I'm living close to them and I spend so much fucking time with my parents now and I love it you know like that's like my I, I love that shit and like I'm just very aware that like I don't know with people like that I don't think that you can you can spend enough time with them you know like it's it's like it's impossible almost like i could have spent a hundred more days with ted just with ted and like i I would probably feel the same way no for sure i mean i haven't lost anybody in my life that that i can think of that you were that i was as close of with as you were with ted um and that's really what i felt like recently with missing my parents and just having that moment but um Professor Ockers, Steve Ockers, who I had on the podcast, um, we talk more than once a week and we have developed that relationship over time since having a class with him that it's like I can talk to him about anything and he can talk to anything with me and I can I can see that relationship building where it's like, gosh, like he is one of my best friends like i really enjoy talking to him and we're not even close in age but it's just cherish that shit seriously it's like you there's it's weird that you have a stigma when you're growing up with having 
you have to have a, a friendship with the people that are in your age range. But you realize like, you know what? This person brings such a different perspective to my life that I never had before. And I love it. And they make me feel special. And they tell me that I make them feel special. And it's like, you see that build over time and he has MS and it's something that's in my mind. Unfortunately, that unfortunately this disease is going to overbear him one day. And I can't imagine that day that I can't talk to him again. And I do my very best to not think about it, but it hurts. It it really does to, to have that. And, um, I sympathize with you to, to just have to go through something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like with anything that we've talked about so far, you know, it's like, you can, you can definitely be sad about it and you can definitely, you know, feel those emotions. But I think too, like it, you're, you're doing a disservice if you don't let that affect other areas of your life and, and no, really realize yeah. that like, and really let that like dictate how you move through other relationships and, you know, just appreciate the fuck out of it and seize that opportunity and like be great when you have the opportunity to, because it's, it's not always going to be there. Right. Yeah. I mean, those conversations that we have, it's just like, we talk about literally nothing and it's just awesome. I mean, we talk about cars all the time and it's, it's awesome. We talk about business. It's like, whatever it is, it, it's awesome. And, um, and when my parents got COVID, it, it puts life in perspective. Yeah. And it's it's weird because I feel like the the conversations I've been having recently have been sort of the, um, I guess, more emotional conversations, which I kind of blame myself for. It's like, well, why can't you just be more upbeat? It's like, well, a lot of the things that are going on in the world are pretty low, but I mean – you have to cherish those moments that you have because like you don't know what's going to happen. So just enjoy it. Yeah. I completely agree. I, um, I had a great dinner with, um, Anne Marie Nunziata, who's Matt's. Yeah. And, um, he's what to her sister. And she wants to get into long-term investments and invest in companies like startups. And then, have equity and build that equity over time. And she said she, to help her plan her life, um, was talking to a friend and has this planner called the law of attraction planner. And I just got law of attraction. You know about this? Mm -hmm. Okay. So she just told me to get it. And on Wednesday and I just got mine in today. And so I got it and I'm going to fill it out, but it's like a planner that has like, it allows you to reflect on each month and like what you, um, what's your greatest insights or the, what you gained in the past month. Um, like just everything that you need. And then like a weekly planner of everything and your to-do list, your habit maker, your ideas, gratitude, victories, notes, and then your weekly priorities. Um, and it's like, I, I like being this organized just for myself because it allows me to at least have, ideas for each week I, I my mind works on a weekly basis and so then i can keep looking back and say okay i'm getting better on a weekly basis i don't do yeah. daily because that's just 
too much for me. Like I can do it here on a daily basis where it like combines to a week. Um, but I was very excited to get this and I'm excited to start just so I can have that all planned out. Definitely. No, it's fucking badass. You should do that. It's just like, those are the people I keep in contact with. Like I keep in contact with mids cause he's pretty similarly motivated these days, money wise. And like, I keep in contact with people here that, you know, have similar goals and like, I don't know. It's like, I, I just want that shit, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't want to fucking do like what everybody Mercedes does. Like, I don't want to fucking like just do what their parents did and just, you know, like I want to fucking be great. You know, like I want to fucking do this shit because we can. The greatest thing we took opportunity. Yeah. The greatest thing we took out of it is the mindset. Like we can take that and just fucking do whatever we want. Why not? 20 places that I would love to visit. You're a big travel guy, and I need to be more. Like, I need to explore the world. Yeah, it's true. It is true. What's the most exciting place you've gone? Great question. I'll never forget being in Ho Chi Minh. Being at, like, the top Vietnam? Of Vietnam, sorry, yeah. And being at, like, the top of this, we stayed in this Airbnb that was, like, an apartment like a larger building with like a rooftop pool that was just fucking sick and like you just look over Ho Chi Minh it's like one of the most densely populated areas in the world and like I'll never forget like looking out there and just like seeing so much life you know like it's just like there's so much shit there and it's like invigorating like just like like and like I don't know it's just like exciting like it's similar to like being in New York, you know, and like I love that shit. Like it is just, and there's just so many less laws and rules and regulations there that you, you know, you can just hop on a fucking motorbike and for five bucks and do whatever the fuck you want. And it's like, it's thrilling. <laughs> and like, I don't know. It's definitely places I'll revisit. Yeah, Wells and I were talking about it, and he was saying that I mean, just to be able to see the difference in culture, it was incredible. And I could see you really relating to that because he said that like you really care about your elders and your family there. Thanks for having me on the show. The show. Nice to be here. Mm. You know, I love sitting in the seat. Love, I love the studio that you have. This is a pretty amazing accommodation. You know, that uh, really built from the ground up. I. Uh, I really respect it. It's uh, pretty incredible what we've been able to make here with uh, just in the, the few short months that you've been doing this. And uh, it's quite amazing. I mean, this recording equipment, top notch. I'm so glad that we don't have to do this over video chat. Um, it's, you know, it's really more intimate to be mm. here in the same room with you. It's so fragrant, <laughs> fragrant, fragrant. You know, it just smells amazing in here. And I love the the oak wood table the clean veneer the finish that you have is incredible i can't believe that you made it by hand and i'm I'm just (laughs) thankful that you had me on the show honestly so so props to you thank you sir cheers i did not want to have you in person because i knew that if we had drinks involved that it could turn violent so i didn't want to lose any pens or any mugs no indeed 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 indeed. 
Yeah, um, that's, uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I hope this is my uh, my last time on the common intellectual experience because I oh, I fucking hate you. I've enjoyed my experience so far. <laughs> oh, it's you hope it isn't or you hope it is. Is not. Okay, it's good. Not. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Come down to Atlanta. We'll make it official. Absolutely. Yeah. Is this, is this is this not official to you? No, this is very official. I'm wearing the crew neck. This is what you're getting when you come on. So. I don't get. I don't get that mailed to me. Just as you know. no, I'm giving it to people in person. I have a full box right over here. Do you? Yeah. What kind of materials out? Uh, it's oak. I oak herself. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't even know what it is, but it's nice. It's got pockets. Pockets. I hate pockets. Well, you're gonna like it. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. How do you like Atlanta, though? Is that a place that you could spend more time? Yeah, I could. Um, it's a big creator's city. Um, it For sure. people here here are hustling. Like you gotta work really hard to to make a name here, and um, there's a lot of people doing it. So you gotta get in touch with the right people. And I feel as though I've I've worked to do that uh, in my short time, and I can see myself doing it more. Um, but again, it goes back to really just finding what I'm passionate about and um, fuck. Like I didn't realize how much I enjoyed art and I got to credit my friend, Dustin, uh, Dustin Gilland, who I work with. Um, he's on the creative team and he just said, you're going to start drawing because you like drawing. And so I did back in uh, November of last year, we started doing these prompts um, called Inktober and would um, do whatever interpretation of these words that came to mind. And from there uh, I got creative again and I found it again during the quarantine. Um, I stayed here during the quarantine. I'm very proud of myself for doing that. I have to say, and that allowed me to, yeah. Oh, for me or for you? Proud of you. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, uh, it's something that. Um, I'm proud of myself for you. Oh, I thank you. I, I am inversely appreciative. Um, and so it's, it's good to find a new city, um, call it my own. Uh, it's, it's weird to have uh, a new city that uh, you just kind of, you had to figure it out on your own. So that's fun. It's fun to, I love that. yeah, it, it's that's good. One of the reasons I like going places. Like I love, that's what I love about going to Philly. That's what I love about going to Hong Kong. Like even Pencil, like college, really. like, you know, it's cool. Right. It's cool to be in a new atmosphere. Even here, like, I don't know if you knew, I, I moved out of my house. Yeah, you told me a couple weeks ago, but how is it? What's yeah. different about it? Um, it's cool. I'm in San Mateo, which is like 20 minutes, 20 miles south of San Francisco. So it's on the peninsula. Um, and so it's uh, it's still really nice. It's very close to my parents. So I'm, I'm able to spend a lot of time with them still. Um, but you have Sunday dinners? Sunday dinners. Actually, I think they are coming over for dinner tomorrow night. Love it. Um, are you cooking? Am I cooking? I'm not sure yet. I have to, <laughs> I have to record a, um, a, a training video essentially for work. Um, and I need my mom's expertise, you know, to make me take my glass look good on camera. Um, maybe shave this damn whatever shit I got going on my face, get the lighting right. Um, so maybe I'll cook. There's a lot of, there's a ton of good restaurants around though. So more than likely I won't be cooking. 
You cook often? Yeah, I have to. What are you Veget- cooking? Uh, I'm vegetarian, so May. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good for so, you. So I watched um, Game Changers, that documentary on Netflix, and kind of, I just was like, eh, might as well try it. And my energy levels just shot up. Like I noticed the difference within two days. And living on my own, I get to pick whatever I eat. So I cook 90% of my meals and um, they're all vegetarian. I mean, I enjoy it. I I feel better. I can run longer. I can work out longer. I can, I mean, just everything um, from my physical aspect, I just feel better. Um, So I just figured why not keep it going. So I did. No, that's awesome. I've been dramatically i eat so much less meat than i ever did i'm not i haven't quite like you know set it in stone but some of my manager actually said at work that i really like he is uh fiance now uh is is vegan and he i just really like his approach so he's like yeah i mean like I'd, i'd call myself a vegan but also like i'd eat meat if I want to but like the reason I'm vegan is I like I just it's not because of you know like obviously I love the 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 byproduct of being good for the environment and all that stuff like that's all good and well but like I just feel better eating that way and like yes I I feel very similarly like I don't I don't feel bad when I eat meat but like if I'm cooking for myself more often than not I'm not eating meat um and it's kind of cool i mean there's certain situations where i'll just like today i just pugged a fucking fire ass carnitas burrito from taco spot and like i'm not gonna be mad at myself for doing that but like you know i think there's a there's a balance to be had it's it's definitely a performance thing it's it's interesting because uh before the quarantine i wrote down what matters to me most i think it was march 10th and we went into quarantine on the 17th. I said the most important thing to me was my health. And it probably had correlation to do with what was going on in the world. Um, but that coinciding with the documentary that I saw was enough for me to make a dramatic change like that. So um, I'm happy about it. Living alone makes it very easy. So um, sure. I'm, I'm appreciative of that too. Yeah, no, I love that. By the way, I really like that um, that idea that I write that in my own notebook. I like that. What did I learn today? Shit. Um, shall I read you a random passage? Please. Um, I'll read you a couple of my notes so you know what they're like. All right. Seven nine twenty twenty. Mushrooms are the basis for human brain development. The education system teaches us what the government of the United States wanted us to learn. I had a conversation to address this issue and how my parents never learned about Frederick Douglass's speech at the White House in 1870. White people have a different idea of 4th of July as black people for good reason. The reason white people are unaware of this because we are not taught. Deshaun Jackson posted on Instagram, a very anti-Semitic phrase that highlighted a statement that Hitler said Jews were harmful to the economy. I drew parallels to anti-Semitism and racism in our country. This, this post 
is because black people have been dealing with this for centuries and we don't have we don't see the the anti-semitism that is obviously real but yet less visible it begins with fear and leads to stereotypes and elimination from society and it goes on and on like i wrote a shit ton this day holy fuck april 26 nobody wants to know why they just want to april 22 super good at being super good cocky not confident people might not respect me but they know i ain't a bitch hey that is facts sam i i can attest to that you think i got to where i got by giving a fuck facts as well you're very self-aware white girls will see a picture of the dog on twitter and say ugh i needed this does he make sense it is extremely difficult to see progress without reflecting. Without seeing progress, we rob ourselves of a sense of achievement. With no sense of achievement, we can feel aimless, hopeless, and worthless. Setting goals, accomplishing them, and then being able to look back at what you've done proudly will free you from free- feeling like a bum. Big facts. It's like I have so many like liner, one-liner type things. Yeah. Ain't your brother's dad. <laughs> I like that one. That's true, though. I feel the same way about my brother. We suffer more in imagination than reality. Ooh. Ooh. Nick Buckmelter. Ooh. Ooh, here's a good one. February 29th, 2020. I want to create more. That is what I want to do. <laughs> Relevant. Yeah, it's been an interesting couple months. Um, learn a lot about people. Indeed. But I would love to come to your place in Tahoe. That'd be a good time. <laughs> I like that cup. I got it from the bar. Yeah. Mm. Mo's and Joe's. Special. Mo's and Joe's. They, um, so it's one of the oldest bars in Atlanta. It's, um, it is a huge dive bar. And I mean, that was the bar that hasn't closed since the quarantine. So we could go there right now once you come down to Atlanta. And that's where I took Gerard the first time. We went and got wings at Taco Mac. Uh, the best wings in my well, one of the best wings in Atlanta. Can't say the best because I've had better ones since. We had Gerard on the podcast, yeah. Uh, we tried, and the podcast. Oh, got, I heard mm-hmm. it got deleted. It was so sad. It was a great conversation too. But yeah, I mean, I hope everybody can come down to Atlanta at some point. That'd be a good time, good weekend yeah. to just chill because seems like everywhere else in the world is closed. So. I mean, come to the one place that's open and doesn't give a fuck. Since especially since now you're living on your own. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll come out after December because the only thing I, I just like don't want to go around my parents um, and, you know, do that whole dance. But after, after December, I'll, I can I can hold out from seeing them for like a couple of weeks, you know, not a big deal. 
I'd love to have you and a couple guys down or just you. Like, we'll make it happen. And you we'll could bring happen. your gear and you could come play lacrosse and you do that. You would have a time with these guys. Like I would love to do that. Uh I mean, yeah. You would definitely have a good time. Bring your gear. Do you golf? I was actually at the driving range yesterday. Oh, you can bring your clubs down if you want to. I don't know how many bags you want to bring, yeah, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know what's funny about me though is so I'm a I'm left handed, but I my dad when we started when I started being of age to golf, whenever the fuck that is, um, he didn't want to have me. I wasn't very into golf, but I wanted to golf. And he's like, well, I'm not buying you fucking left-handed clubs if you're not going to golf. And so I learned right-handed because that's what he did. He's left-handed as well. And his dad was like, I'm not buying you new clubs. Like we can't afford that. And so he learned right-handed and golf to this day, right-handed, even though he's left-handed, like that's just what he learned. And he's like a pretty fucking good golfer. But I have a pretty goddamn good right-handed swing for for what it for what it is. <laughs> oh well, then you can use my clubs. That's great. We can try. Oh, so it's not like okay. Are you better? Probably left-handed? still fucking better than you. Wow! 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 Did you do you golf left-handed though? Like, do you have left-handed I would clubs now? To. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. But like, I was at the driving range yesterday and fucking smacking the pill around with my right hand. All right, so then there you go. You beat me up. We got clubs here. I don't have a driver. Are you good? Relative. Not good. No. I mean, I I can I'll I'll go under a hundred every time. You go under a hundred. See, that's the other thing about me is that I literally do not have the patience to play eighteen holes. Then we have nine. We have or a nine hole attention span. Like I just. Yeah, we have a nine hole course here. So. Whenever you get downhill, we'll accommodate. We'll get lacrosse, golf, beers, wings. Yeah. Ping pong, yeah. Anybody listening to the podcast, if you want to fucking get your ass beat in ping pong, sign me up. I will put $20 on the game. Anybody that's listening, and I will stand toward, stand to that. Yeah, I remember, yeah, you and your dad kicked the shit out of me. Your dad took it easy on me for one point and then just waxed me. I enjoy ping pong a lot. Your dad and you are very similar. You're very laid Extremely. back. Like you, son. Yes. Like you mentioned with like um, cocky, not confident. Like uh, that's, that's, I feel like your dad would say something like that. <laughs> I think that rings true in a lot of, in a lot of ways though. Cause like, I honestly like don't think of myself as that confident of a person. But when the moment's right, I'd be a cocky motherfucker. <laughs> yes, that's very true. And I love you for that. Usually cocky comes off as arrogant and people don't like arrogant, but like your cocky comes off as, all right, that's just you. I mean, it's just jokes at the end of the day, you know, like I don't take myself that seriously and I hope that other people don't either. I don't think they do. No, no. I think people don't take me seriously, bro. It's fucked up. Exactly. Yeah. No one gives a fuck. I appreciate you taking the time, Sam. This is fun. No, I'm glad you had me. Honestly, this is um, it's nice to do these kinds of things. It's um, motivating and uh, it's it's fun. It really is fun. It's like it's good to have these conversations. It's like more in depth, you know, than we would usually go, uh, which is cool. And, and we'll do it again. And we will do it again.
Down here in Atlanta. In the stew. Absolutely. Yes. Or in your house in Tahoe. <laughs> or there. We'll make it happen. All right, brother. You hit the hay. It was great catching up with you. Love you, brother. Absolutely, Shevitz. Love you very much. Appreciate you doing a great thing here. Thanks, sir. Talk to you soon. Later, man. Excited to do it in person and can't wait to see you again soon. We're one of your friends listening. So excited to have you in Atlanta. Excited to go to Tahoe and we'll make it happen. Thank you all for being a part of this. It means more than you guys know. And thank you so much for being a part of the experience. Love you all. We'll see you next week.